All right, howlers. Let's get howling. But first, a couple quick warnings. First warning, this podcast contains adult content. Don't be a pixie. Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising saga. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email us howlerpod at gmail.com. Visit howlerpod.com and rate and review us. If you don't give us five stars only, we'll turn out the lights and turn off the gravity and rip your throat out with our teeth. (laughs) (laughs) And now, howlerpod. I fucking hate Mars. All the weird shit happens here. Makes no sense. Hello, Howlers. Welcome to Howler Pod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising saga by Howler number one. Pierce Brown. Ow, ow. I'm your host, Ben Reinert. I am joined today, as always, by the amazing Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers. What are we doing today, Aaron? We are continuing Dark Age, chapters 47 to 52. Well, let's load up this star shell and shoot straight into our chapter summaries. Hopefully we don't shit all suits. Or get invaded by Askamani. Chapter 47, Lyria. They are sleeping. Lyria, after reading some super cute notes, super cute. She just wants a gorilla. Notes from Volga. Uh, she's visited in her cell by the brown woman who stuck a needle in her chest, a.k.a. Figment, and she's accompanied by two guards. Lyria is being transferred to Sefi and Ephraim. The guards take Lyria and Volga to get cleaned up. While Lyria is in her shower, she hears a noise at the back and sees a thin blade cutting through the wall. A triangle on the wall opens, and Lyria scrambles back and calls for Fig. Wet, dark shapes come from the membrane-covered hole in the wall. They look like they are sleeping. Membrane-covered hole. That's pretty gross. <laughs> and it's all gooey. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 48, Lyria Monsters. The room fills with guards that Fig called. When the first alien shows signs of life, Fig shoots it and calls Victra to inform her of the breach. The lights go out and chaos ensues. The gravity disappears and the aliens attack, killing and eating the guards alive. Lights are going on and off. Lyria runs into Volga and cuts her out of her cuffs. Fig is fighting off the aliens and blows a hole in the side of the ship, whipping the aliens out into space. Lyria and Volga are pulled toward space, and Lyria manages to save Volga by grabbing onto her hair. Then Volga climbs up Lyria's body and grabs onto her to save her in turn. The breach seals. Volga goes unconscious, and Lyria scrambles toward an oxygen mask. Chapter 49. Lyria, run. Lyria managed to get an oxygen mask on Volga and herself. The two take off, following Figment's blood trail to hopefully find the hangar and an escape. Their search is interrupted by a gold flying past them in grav boots, telling them to run. Volga and Lyria rush back toward the gold and get behind a defense line of soul guards. 
Lyria tells the group that the intruders are in the whole ship. As they hold position, an alien, quote-unquote, swims toward them, because remember, no gravity, he's just <laughs> flying. He's chanting about fa coming. More aliens come, saying, fa. Then the shaft doors open behind the defense line, and Fa is there in all his glory, floating inside. Scary mother. And he's fucker. huge. He looks right at Volga, offering her his stains. Then Fa moves forward, killing and skewering everyone on his spiky armor until the gravity kicks back on and he is weighed down by all the bodies stuck on him. He's like a little porcupine. With bodies. <laughs> <laughs> cute. Very cute. <laughs> Volga and Lyria flee down to the hangar and Volga captures Fig. Fig's defense mechanisms kick in and she electrocutes Volga, but Volga doesn't let go. Then Fig almost stabs Volga with a subdermal needle, but Lyria presses her pistol against Fig's head, stopping her. Victor's voice comes over the comm saying she will release a poisonous nerve agent in 10 minutes. Volga and Lyria follow Fig to a secret escape route. Chapter 50, Lyria, Parasite. The Pandora is a hive of corridor fighting. Fig leads Volga and Lyria through uh, using her super senses to help them make their way to Victra's stateroom undetected. Once there, Fig grabs a mysterious black orb and then leads them toward the bridge. They run down a hallway towards a security door marked with radioactive symbols. She uses an ocular forger to open a secret door to a tunnel. Lyria hops in and slides down the tube and lands in a chair in a lounge full of soul guards sitting directly across from Victra Barca herself. Victra then promptly punches her in the face, knocking her out. Lyria comes to in the middle of their escape ship crashing. She sees Victra firing at a ship out the back and then there's a huge roar and Victor is gone. The ship hits the ground and stops just before falling over the edge of a Martian fjord. Lyria carefully gets out of her seat and then helps Volga get out of hers without causing the ship to fall off the fjord. Lyria determines they are in the Sumerian highlands. They start to look for survivors and Lyria finds Fig and she's totally untouched except for, you know, this huge shard of metal that has nearly sliced her body in half. Uh, That's not good. <laughs> Fig starts babbling some nonsense and complains that she won't have a better air when she realizes it's Lyria that's there with her. She grabs Lyria, then full-on spazzes out as a lump starts to move along her face. A small squidbot thing bursts from her nostril and then jumps for Lyria's face. Fig holds on to her with insane strength as the little squidbot crawls up Why Lyria's... Why are you calling it a squid bot? Squid bot. Squid bot. Yeah, because it looks like a little squid, it said. Bot. <laughs> and it's a robot. <laughs> squid bot. <laughs> so the little squid bot is crawling up Lyria's nose, causing a pain unlike any she's felt before as it attaches to her brain. Uh, Fig finishes her spasm and starts convulsing and going uh, shock white. Lyria is reeling from the pain as a pulse thunders in her brain. Fig's eyes roll back into her head and a non-human voice comes from her mouth. Figmentum S. Figmentum <laughs> S. Figmentum S. <laughs> it states that Lyria is now Figment and her wrath is now Lyria's. Then it is quiet and Fig is dead. I could use one of those, you know. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. <laughs> Chapter 51, Lyria, Jade Witch. 
Lyria returns to Volga and tells her that Fig is dead. Volga doesn't believe her and goes to check herself. Volga doesn't notice that Lyria had a squid bot crawl up her nose. She is surprised to find that Fig is really dead. Volga then cuts Fig's eyeballs out of her head because there's a bounty on her and they need the eyeballs so that she can prove it. Lyria is disgusted and remembers that Volga is pretty hardcore and seemingly heartless, even if she does sometimes seem cute and nice. (laughs) (laughs) Lyria starts to hear a high-pitched humming sound and follows it. She finds Victra, who was calling Fig, who is now Lyria, and uh, the big pregnant whale. (laughs) 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 I shouldn't call pregnant people whales. The big pregnant lady (laughs) is trapped under a tree. They all argue, and uh, they're... You know, bitching at each other for a while, doing little snaps. Victra's pretty witty. Lyria can't keep up. Victor asks who was with Fig when she died, and Volga says it was Lyria. And Lyria's like, thanks a lot, Volga. We can't tell her shit. And then Victra looks at Lyria as if she knows mm. about the parasite. Mm-hmm. Victra is about to pop and is like, get this fucking tree off me. <laughs> Lyria says, hell no. She's still mad about, you know, being in a cell and being what she thought of as torture, even though apparently it was Electra's playroom, which shows <laughs> us a lot about Electra. <laughs> so Lyria takes off, leaving Volga to help Victra. As Lyria walks away, she sees some ships land nearby and realizes it's the Red Hand. She runs back and warns Victor and Volga. The three of them take off together and then hide at the top of a ridge and watch the Red Hand ships. They see the OG bitch Harmony, Scarface, emerge from one of the ships and Lyria is hit with a flood of emotion and anger. They briefly discuss taking her out and Volga offers to shoot Harmony before Lyria says no, it's a bad idea. Then Victor leads them south into the dark forest ahead. They need to find a comms array so they can call for help. Chapter 52, Ephraim, Pale Rain. Ephraim is walking the streets of Olympia, and he notes that the city is coming back to life. The alliance between the Obsidians and Reds seems to be genuinely working. Then all of a sudden, everyone in the streets is watching their screens or scrambling to find the closest one. Ephraim does the same and learns that the Pandora is under attack and has been taken down by ships bearing the colors of the All Tribe. Then, all of the dead bodies from the Pandora were uh, thrown off the ship and down onto Aegea. Just super chill stuff. And uh, this is like a straight up act of war. And now everybody thinks that Sefi attacked Victra. Shit has strucketh the fan as they say. And the tops of the building spires. (laughs) Ephraim decides it's time to make his move. He gears up and heads for his ship. He is stopped by Goodkind and two others who tell him he needs to come with them to Sefi now. Ephraim answers with some uh, spider paralytic rounds to their foreheads. He gears up and goes after Pax and Serafina who are on their way to Sefi in a secure bunker. As he chases after them, he calls his fancy dancy ship and hopes to the gods The kids have their harnesses on. Ephraim catches up to the kids and their Valkyrie guards. Uh, The kids, like, rip off their shirts. They've got their harnesses on. The ship flies by overhead, and it's got this huge hook hanging out the back, and they, like, hook onto it. Um, (laughs) 
Like F- James Bond shit. Yeah. <laughs> Ephraim fends off the Valkyrie using a high-powered magnet. Uh, the magnet like tears apart their grab boots so they can't chase after. But it does the same thing to Ephraim's boots. And so he's like almost not making it to the ship, but he does. And then, oh, yeah, this huge magnet also happens to pull a piece of metal out of his heart. Oops. That we find out later is a bomb. A um, heart spike. Yeah. And so he's like flying toward Pax and Electra. He has this thing get pulled out of his chest. Like, whoa, shit. They grab him, pull him into the ship, and they all fly away together. Ephraim is uh, obviously very hurt after his battle with the Valkyrie and a piece of metal being ripped out of his heart. Uh, Electra patches him up and Pax pilots the ship. And then Ephraim, after he comes to, he heads to the cockpit and the kids tell him that Victra's ship went down in the north. And so Pax tells him they're going to go find their people. And that is the chapters that we read this week. That takes us to our theme for these chapters. The one idea that ties them all together. Aaron, what's our theme this week? The Fellowship of the Ring. (laughs) (laughs) The Sisterhood of the Traveling Parasite. (laughs) Do you want to tell the people the actual theme? (laughs) (laughs) I got jokes. Uh, The theme this week is Forced Fellowship. Mm, That sounds fun. Sounds a little... Forced, if you ask me. <laughs> so let's uh, go through our chapter-by-chapter chapter theme insert and find out who has these forced fellowships. Our first uh, forced fellowship is Lyria and Volga. So they're writing letters back and forth in blood, which is totally cool. They're like blood brothers, but they're bosom buddies. <laughs> Lyria says she ends each letter the same. She's talking about Volga. She quotes your friend it seemed to quirk at first but reads more desperately with each letter as if she's pleading for me to end my letters the same i won't we ain't friends we're both just desperate to not disappear without a trace in the real world she's a killer but she's so cute (laughs) she's so cute i love when she's like that was scary (laughs) (laughs) like yeah like they almost die that was scary yeah no shit And uh, she says it more than once, I think, too. This friendship or fellowship is obviously one of necessity. Volga and Lyria have been in these cells in isolation for months. Volga obviously is reaching out for anyone and finds Lyria. So now she considers her a friend. And Volga's obviously quick to make friends. Yeah, Volga considers Lyria a friend. Lyria doesn't. Uh, feel the same but i think that's just her like trying to be hard and lyria yeah. you can tell lyria actually likes volga and uh lyria also is compassionate for other people mm-hmm. and she even like remembers volga's sad eyes and right. i think that makes her warm up a little more towards her mm-hmm. and then um moving on with lyria this is after the bomb went off that figment put on the ship and the aliens fly out emergency lights bathe us red there's still no pressure still no oxygen darkness is melting the world away volga gestures at one of the soul guards the captain still impaled on the wall the only one not to get sucked out she pushes her way toward him and then goes limp before she reaches him she collides violently with the hole unconscious i wait for her to wake up she's not going to 
If we die, it's on me. If Liam is an orphan, it's on me. I kick off the wall for the corpse and feel the world dimming. So Lyria has to make a choice. Is she going to save her new friend or just herself? Her not friend. Right. <laughs> and before this quote, mm-hmm. Lyria already saved Volga once by grabbing onto her hair so she didn't fly out into open space. Right. Yeah. So it's this person that she supposedly doesn't care about or doesn't uh, want to be involved with, but she keeps on saving her over and over again. And vice versa. And vice versa. Yeah. Uh, and then our next uh, quote here that applies to this theme of forced fellowship is just the fellowship that's forced between like the uh, soul guards, the Julii soldiers, and these supposed prisoners. Like they're hostages at this point. They're supposed to be traded. But because of the situation that's arisen on the Pandora and just how crazy shit has gotten, uh, no matter what, uh, they're just like all hands on deck. And so the quote is, blue light from the lift illuminates the soldiers. There's more than 30, not all armored, about a dozen sailors amongst them. Some look like they've just woken up. Though they know who we are, they make no effort to take our weapons. Not reassuring. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, all these golds and soul guards are forming this circle defense. They're rallying around like the elevators. They even... uh, Lyria and Volga are like floating past. They even like shoot out on grav boots to like bring them into their group. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's you know when the zombie attack hits, <laughs> yeah. like your enemies become your friends, right. and it's us against them. Yep. So they bring them into the fold, and this is a very unlikely group of people who. They all die except for Leary <laughs> and Volga. <laughs> if you're looking around and you're not the main character, you're probably going to be one of the it's people who bears. gets skewered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the next person to join our fellowship is Fig. Figmentum S. <laughs> uh, so Lyria and Volga have left the carnage behind on the elevators and they're going to try and find a way out uh, they're going to go to the hangar but first they stop in like the locker room for the hangar and there they find fig she had already checked the hangar out tells them that's like bad idea uh, but anyway volga has fig like by the throat she's about to kill her fig says still looking for orders she says with a laugh poor puppy needs a ah! volga squeezes her throat should we find the pods she asks me gonna kill her or not i ask to be determined well if you're not i reckon she's our best chance of getting out of here maybe put her down i can help you fig says massaging her throat so yes now we have fig into our little tripod of Mm -hmm. ladies here and obviously fig is the only one who knows how to get off the ship besides victor probably right she knows like the secret pathway and then she knows that there's the secret escape ship basically and then uh, she also just leads them through through the ship saves them a few times from being seen by these crazy Ascomani obsidians that are berserkering all over the place <laughs> <laughs> berserkering <laughs> <laughs> so yeah now we have fig and then we're gonna lose fig and add another mm. well maybe technically add a few more if you mm-hmm. count 
you know, the parasite. <laughs> so this is another instance where Lyria saves Volga again, mm-hmm. her not friend. Mm-hmm. Who There's she a very, in this quote, she says my friend, though. Oh. Yeah. But she considers her a frenemy at now. best. Well, I'm just saying, like, this is a big change from the first quote to this quote now. Like, right. all that they've been through. Yeah. She's had a whole arc in just mm-hmm. these few chapters. Mm-hmm. Lyria says, I flinch as another crash pod deflates with a hiss. Rigid gel becomes elastic, like a stick of black butter melting. And my friend's face emerges from it, her eyes wide and terrified as she sees the fjord beneath. She jerks sideways, causing the ship to rock. Volga, don't move. We both freeze until the ship grows still again. Carefully, I pull my way over to her and help her with the crash harness. Aw, best friend. My friend. My friend. My, 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 how things have changed through you. (laughs) (laughs) It's cute. That's what I was saying. Like, um, originally, her dislike of Volga is more like she thinks she should dislike her and like she should be mad at her. Well, and, and she shot Kavax. Well, sure, sure. Like her anger, a lot of it felt very forced. Well, that's to me. because we love Volga. Um, <laughs> I think some of it more comes out of fear, like because she says multiple times, like she's like a killing machine and pretty ruthless. Right. But you can tell that Lyria knows there's more to Volga. Like there's deeper levels to her than just like some killing machine. But um, she kind of tends to fall back on those things and so that's when she's like this girl's not my friend she's not my friend but then they go through this shit together and they help each other survive it and at the end of it now she is now she says my friend my friend yeah when she's not so like preoccupied it's more like all that stuff has been stripped away and so we're just at a base level right now survival my friend best friend (laughs) (laughs) so then uh these new friends have an argument over victra's life lyria is about to shoot victra and volga says lyria don't you can't shoot her move lyria says this is not you how the hell would you know because of a few letters lyria i know you do not want to shoot her and she's right She's right. Yeah. And Volga knows what regret feels like. Yeah. So she's just, she knows Lyria's not a killer yet. And uh, she's trying to protect not only Victra, but she's also trying to protect Lyria from doing this bad thing. That's a really good point. Yeah. And then that takes us to our next quotes that apply to this theme of fellowship. So we've got Victra in the fold here. And Lyria straight up is like, I don't like Victra. Obviously, she was just about to shoot her. And she's like, I'm not going to be doing this. So she walks away. She leaves Volga, leaves Victra behind. But then her little conscience gets to her again. She sees the red hand ships land. She's like, oh, shit. And then the quote is, I turn and run back across the plateau. I'm dizzy from exhaustion by the time I find Volga near the crash site helping Victra out of her battered armor. Volga smiles at me. I knew you would come back. Red Hand, I gasp for air. Red Hand is coming. Winter is coming. (laughs) 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 So yeah, now Lyria is helping Victra too, and Volga. So they've added to um, their little group here. Yeah, she's a much better person than I think she 
pretends she, to yeah, be? pretends to be is probably the best way to put that. Uh, but yeah, she couldn't just leave them high and dry. She's like, I've got to go back and save them because she could have just cut bait and ran and yeah. been, probably been okay. They like wouldn't have fucked with her at all because they would have had Victra. They would have had Volga at that point. Like probably just would have assumed that Lyria died in this ship crash or whatever. Um, she did the right thing and she decided to run back and save them. And so now we've got this new fellowship of Victra, Volga, and Lyria. And they're, they've watched the Red Hand. This is um, kind of the final part of the chapter. And they're um, decided not to kill Harmony and they're leaving. And Victor says, my men aren't coming. Not soon enough, at least. We're on our own. And then Lyria thinks to herself, she squints south toward the dark forest. It stretches as far as the eye can see. Her hand drifts to her belly, her only concession to fear. I find myself admiring her coolness, even as I hate her. <laughs> so now we have a new friend of me. <laughs> Lyria's got a lot of, like precursors of hating someone before liking them yeah like uh before same she with the sovereign too right before she like begrudgingly yeah. respects them <laughs> she's like i hate the sovereign but she's so pretty <laughs> <laughs> i hate victor she's so she's fucking so cool, cool. <laughs> damn it <laughs> Hey, I feel the same as Larry. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a very real feeling. Like, yeah, you can. Like, it's, uh, I fucking hate them, but like, <laughs> they're pretty cool. Yeah, it's also like super easy to hate somebody until you know them, and then once you get to or know them, or it's easy to hate them because they're good at something and they're like a dick about it. Right. For and sure. you're like, well, kudos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, last up for our fellowships, this isn't a new one. But we already have, of course, Ephraim, Pax, and Electra. Yeah, that kind of And they're just continuing on. Yep. They've got the James Bond Fellowship <laughs> <laughs> flying through the air. That reminded me of the Dark Knight when he's like, Do you remember the part where Batman like goes to China and he has to like steal the Chinese guy? Mm, uh, or really. kidnaps him and returns him to Gotham or whatever? Yeah. And, and then they like blow up the balloon and the plane flies by and it hooks the balloon and then Batman like <laughs> has a Chinese guy in, in his arms or whatever. Ben's trying to act this out <laughs> for me, by the way. <laughs> There's somebody out there that gets that. <laughs> and I really just want you to know that I appreciate you. <laughs> you mean the blimp? No, it's a plane. But you said balloon. Yeah, like Batman like releases a balloon it like goes up in the air and this plane with these big hook goes by and it hooks the balloon. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I need to rewatch it, apparently. Yeah. Okay. So that was our theme of forced fellowship. And that takes us to our next segment. Who died today? Who did die today, Ben? <laughs> Just a lot of people. So we've got, we'll start with the little guys first. Okay. We've got a lot of the Julii Barca household. Yes, lots of pretty much all, all colors. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much everyone on the ship, which was uh, the whole crew moving back to Mars. Yeah, she was moving like the whole Barca household was going back to yeah, Mars. Yeah, so Gold's kids, you know, all the servants, a lot, everybody. A lot of carnage. And then Figmentum S. So obviously, Figment lives on, mm -hmm. but whoever figment was inhabiting 
She dies. And we'll have uh, maybe some talk about that later. About who she might have been. And the Prime Five and Ben's conspiracy corner. Yeah, Figment was pretty awesome. There was like, what a cool character. We got this great characterization of her. As always happens, as soon as you start to like somebody and think they're cool, Pierce kills them. Um, but she had like a dope set of powers. Like she was just doing all kinds of stuff. That's what I really like, noticed this yeah, time. Powers like, on powers on powers. Yeah. I didn't like realize how much cool shit she was doing. Like the lizard scales and like. Some of the stuff, especially once she was in, once Figment was in Lyria's head, really reminded me of Into the Spider-Verse, mm. Spider-Man, mm-hmm. with the like, yeah, he's got the Spidey <laughs> sense. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like the shake. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what that reminded me of. And then, of course, also like X-Men type powers with the um, electric skin. Right. And then the like Wolverine claw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she crosses all comic universes. Figment was dope. I wish we could have gotten some more of her. But uh, I think we will. We will, I guess, with Lyria. Uh, yeah. So that's who died today. Lots of people we didn't know, plus Figment. Let's go ahead and move on to the Prime Five. Five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters. You go first. So, of course, we have to talk about Fa. Mm. Fa. Fa. So, um, there was some maybe parallel mirroring Mm -hmm. here. We have kind of a callback when Fa arrives. uh, The doors open, and then he says, Volga, I offer you these stains. Yep. Think back to the door being cut open. And then Ragnar standing there and says, Darrow, I offer you these stains. Pretty sweet. Pretty full circle, if you ask me. So I have a question. Why is Fa offering his stains to Volga? So this is confusing because, remember, Fa wants to um, kill Sefi and be the leader of the Obsidians, we're assuming, and then Sefi wants Volga to be the leader of the Obsidians. Mm-hmm. So Fa offering Volga his stains implies that he wants to follow Volga and basically be her slave, mm-hmm. which doesn't make sense if you think of Fa as like the ultimate Obsidian killer. I agree. It seems like a ruse. Like, hey, come here. I offer you my stains. I'm going to splay your ribs and eat your heart yeah i feel like they want to do something special with her because fa wouldn't care that she was ragnar's daughter no and he wants to make like he said all mother is now all father like you know like yeah he doesn't care he doesn't want to follow a woman or lead and he doesn't need a woman obsidian to be like the leader right he believes in the patriarchy exactly (laughs) But also, if he's Ragnar's dad, yeah, he that cares means about his blood. Well, that means he's Volga's grandpappy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's not like some requirement that you need to be of like Ragnar's bloodline at that point because he already is. 
He's like the original guy. And then why, if he was, if he was Volga's technically Volga's grandpa, why would he be offering her his service? Wouldn't she be in service to him as right. her elder? Anyways, we'll track this. We'll keep we'll keep track of that. It was a very random thing for him to say, in my opinion. It seems like a ruse to me. Like they want to make her think that they want to help her. But really, they just want to draw her in and then use and maybe her like for something. ruin Sefi's plans. Yeah. Anyways, full circle. Yes. Ah. Okay. Next up on the Prime Five list, we get some uh, a little bit of information about the parasite. Not only does it crawl out of Fig's face, <laughs> the little squid bot. Did that remind you at all of like? The movie Alien. There's serious Alien vibes all over okay. these chapters. Yeah, especially at, like attaching, like c- attaching to your it. face. Yeah, yeah. And, and all the gooey stuff. Yeah, like the, all these little <laughs> <laughs> crazy <laughs> aliens running around and shit, just going oh, psycho. Man. That yeah. was a great face that you just made. <laughs> also, I think of. Did anyone read or see the movie The Host? I don't know that one, but you were telling me about okay. it. Okay, mm-hmm. that's where the alien like attaches to the back of the neck and controls the human that uh kind of gave me the host vibes here right similar but different the the host aliens are much gentler yeah so uh, we learn a little bit about the parasite from these chapters basically it sounds like is definitely stolen from quicksilver it's implied that fig stole this from quicksilver and then well either stole that or, or stole. stole the orb or yeah stole something from quicksilver because the orb might not be related to the parasite it's gotta be it seems like because doesn't lyria can only open it she's the only one that can open it and she's got the parasite and then there's also like currency in there i read this on uh, the reddit thread that has the the wing tail on it okay so in the like, orb yeah we also learned that Quicksilver has a bounty out on Fig. That's what Volga's talking about when she wants to take the eye because he stole something from him. So through those lines, we're, I think we're able to imply for sure that Fig stole the shit or got it through someone else because it could have been passed on just like she did to Lyria. But originally it all came from Quicksilver and he's pissed about it. Okay. Don't piss him off. He's got all the money. Yeah, we just still don't know what he's fucking up to. And then also, Fig, at one point she's like, Xenophon. Like, oh, like she lands on him as the reason. Yeah. She says Xenophon after. She's like, why does uh, Fa know your name, Vulgar? Why does he want you? And then she kind of thinks about it and goes into her little happy place. And then when she comes back, she says Xenophon. Mm. So she knows that Xenophon's connected to Fa. That's interesting. Somehow. After she goes to her little secret hidey place yeah. in her brain. Yeah. Maybe she does some like parasite shit in there. Yeah. And then Larry's like, then she comes to and says that name. Wow. So somehow Figment knows that Xenophon and Fa, like Xenophon's the reason Fa wants Volca, basically, is what she connected. Yep. Uh oh. Next up on our Prime Five, we might be missing Severo. But we got some great <laughs> Victor lines. Yes. You can see why they make a great pair. I'm sure they just 
make funny quips <laughs> back and forth at each other all night. Also, I love that we get a little bit of Severo in these chapters. Yeah, when uh, <laughs> they go into the secret escape pod. Yeah. It's like, didn't want to ship, she says. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> like, scurry on home and we'll take care of whoever you pissed off. I'm really surprised it wasn't way dirtier than it was, you know? It had to be quick. Yeah, it's it's an escape pod for a reason. <laughs> so, um, no, I'm saying way like what he said wasn't way yeah, dirtier. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe they edited it for uh, our our pixie ears. So, um, Victoria says a lot of funny things. We'll read a few of them here. She says uh, when Lyria comes to find her trapped under the tree, she says, "Just my gory luck. Severo's right. Cockroaches will inherit the world." <laughs> And of course, they keep in mind this is like someone who could help her. She calls her a cockroach. <laughs> and then Volga sees her and says, Julii. Victor says, It's Barca. Gods, can no one get it right? It makes him so sensitive. <laughs> 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 Poor Severo. Oh, I love that. At least wifey's thinking about you. Yeah. And then this is Victor talking to Lyria, just being a huge snobby bitch. She says, I understand you are so oppressed, but let's not be sanctimonious. You stole my daughter, and I was decent enough to arrange a transfer to that gray friend of yours when he didn't even stipulate you needed to be in one piece. By any measure, I'm positively benevolent. <laughs> and you know she believes that exactly, like <laughs> word for word. She's like, I could have <laughs> chopped you up, and I didn't. You're welcome. Exactly. You should be thanking me. You're, you should be thanking me. Your head is on your body. I could have just sent him your head. And then last one, after they run, Volga is like panting and super tired and could barely keep up with Victra. And Volga points to Victra's belly and says... How fast are you without that? And Victor says, it would be rude to brag. <laughs> oh, it's good to have. I can't even run yeah. not pregnant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> running is way hard, like too hard. I can't run uphill. I avoid every scenario. That if someone were coming to kill me, me and I had to run uphill, I would just not do it. Yeah. Welcome back, Mrs. Barca. We're it's happy to, to have, have you. you. Yep. All right, let's go on to the next item on the Prime 5 list. We stepped on this a little bit earlier, but we've talked about it before. Pierce Brown is a secret horror writer. The alien vibes are strong here. I don't and know if it's secret. Yeah, that's true. He's he's letting his freak flag fly here. <laughs> <laughs> the mucous membrane and little <laughs> like shits popping out of it becoming aliens he always, he has these moments where he hides these little like horror novellas inside his books and like it's just like these two or three chapters at a time but it's like these crazy horrible things are happening <laughs> and and like really creepy and yeah. disgusting and like we have talked about a lot too is like the cinematic quality of his writing that moment when the lights go out and then the guns are firing and it's like lighting it's up flashing. and there's monsters everywhere and they're that's tearing like, their throats out yeah that's directly out of a movie that you've all seen i love it the parts where they're like floating by on the hallway not noticing they're like looking in on other rooms and they're just seeing the carnage that's just like another horror. kind of horror element like sneaking down the hallway right and then the carnage of Volsung Fa, like we talked about with his armor, just like that is wild, like ripping people's heads off on spikes. And he's way worse blood gushing than and Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Or any of the right 
horror movie. <laughs> and Ben, this is great for you because you love horror. I do. These these are some of my favorite parts of of his writing. That's why if I ever get to talk to Pierce again, I'm gonna ask him about. What do you mean? He, we call him every Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ask him if he would write a horror novel ever. Just be for really Ben. Good. Yes, I would make him do it. And that takes us to our last item on the Prime Five list. Ben's Conspiracy Corner, All part right. four. How many have we had? I don't know. Part 17, <laughs> part infinity. The Conspiracy Corner never ends and it goes deep. This is coming from the darkest parts of the Conspiracy Corner. This is out of the black hole yes. of so the Conspiracy Corner. I this is way too deep for me. I need you to stick with me before you shit all over this theory. Me? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? I'm just being your friend of me here. <laughs> okay. So we were talking about Fig and who she is. I have not seen this theory before. So if somebody else has come up with it. Great job. Great job. But I feel like this is an original theory that I'm about to present. Okay. So who is Fig? And I'm going to take you back to Golden Sun. Do you remember when the Thorn family got stomped out by... Their rivals, the Falths. 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 So this is when Daryl has just cut off Cassius's arm. The Gala. The yeah. Augustans. The Gala Gala. The Gala Gala. I forgot about that. <laughs> Inside jokes. <laughs> and they are floating down and they see these families getting stomped out. Mm-hmm. There's one survivor. It's this one little girl. It's, she's a gold girl. Um, and she's part of the Thorn family. So remember that. The next piece of this is someone tweeted at Pierce once, like, who's the Thorn girl and is she ever going to come back into play? Uh, Pierce said, here I, I am like planting seeds and you guys are just upturning my field or whatever. So it seems like from the context of Pierce's statement that he had plans for this Thorn girl, but we obviously have not seen her yet. So... I'm positing the theory that Fig is the Thorn Girl, and here's why. But wait, Ben. Fig is a brown. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you were like, <laughs> like ready? <laughs> you told me not to shit on it. I was waiting. <laughs> so, yes, Fig. She's a brown, right? Well, maybe not. Uh, there's an exchange between Lyria and Fig in these chapters where Lyria calls her a brown and Fig says, brown, I'm whatever I need to be, baby. That's a direct That's a <laughs> Direct quote. <laughs> what you need, baby. But basically, she's like, brown? I don't know. Like, what? That doesn't mean anything to me. You know, I was like, I am what my employer needs me to be. Basically, what the parasite needs her to be, probably. So that's one piece. So I, I don't really feel like her being a brown really means anything. She could be a gold or whatever. Secondly, right before she dies, one of the things that she says, and I will pull up the book so I quote this directly. She says, idiot, I escaped. She's talking to Lyra. She's was going to be the greatest freelancer who ever lived. Still had that bitch bone rider to dot, dot, dot. So she says, I escaped. She could be definitely referring to the false group stomping out the thorns. She's the lone escapee of that attack and then she says still had that bitch bone rider to dot 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 i'm assuming what? to kill to kill probably and that bitch bone rider 
is fucking Lilith. Okay. Lilith was one of the people that was stomping out those thorns. So that's the second piece. The third piece is she refers to somebody called Sapa. The spelling is P-S-A-P-P-H-A. Sapa. Sapa. And I looked this up. So Sapa is an archaic form of Sappho, a great Greek poet from the island of Lesbos. Um, she was basically kind of one of the first poets to do like sensual melodic poetry. And she's uh, one of the first people to write from first person describing love and loss as it affected her personally. So it seems like this person, Sappho, was possibly a lover of Figmentum. Also, I could throw this out too. This person could have been the Thorn Girl because that's kind of like a gold name. Sappho? Yeah. Oh, uh, we don't have the Thorn Girl's name. We just know that she's a thorn. Maybe her and Fig were in a relationship. Maybe Sappho had the parasite, died, passed it on to whoever Fig actually is, and now it's passed on to Lyria. So that's another piece. And then the final piece is uh, the last thing that Fig says before... She bites the bullet. His accolade, sister, you have killed Figment. You are Figment. Do not report for duty. My wrath be thine. Mm. So this person obviously wants revenge for something. She escaped something. She wants to kill a bone rider. I'm just saying. What does do not report for duty mean? I don't know. Like? Don't go back to Quicksilver, probably. Oh. Mm. But she is going back to Quicksilver at the end of the book, so... That's my new theory. Tell me what you guys think. Call in, write in. Figment is the Thorn Girl. Ta-da. I feel like I explained that pretty well. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all great ideas. All right, Ben's Conspiracy Corner. That all could be. I still think she's a brown because I have no imagination. Anyways. I told you it was coming from the deepest, darkest parts of Conspiracy <laughs> Corner. <laughs> Safa. So now that we've finished our Prime 5, it's time to name our Primus of the Week where we choose the one character who conquered our proctors of plot and rose above the rest. Our Primus of the Week is. Fa. Fa. <laughs> Volsung Fa. Come on down. <laughs> he can't because he's <laughs> laden with bodies. Yeah, so why is Volsung Fa the winner? Because he uh, fucked everyone up. And sparked an entire war. Against Sefi. No, with Sefi against the Republic. She, like, totally. That's why. I'm, that's why I'm political right. machinations. Remember that theme? Yeah. <laughs> you made me say <laughs> machinations. <laughs> so, yes, Volsung Fa is. Clearly not just a warlord. Yeah, he's out here making chess moves. He's make it, and it could be the Fear Knight making these moves. That's true. But uh, now um, everyone is against Sefi because they think she attacked Victra, mm-hmm. and also he killed a bunch of Barkas and mm-hmm. Julii's, and um, took down the Pandora, like one of the oldest. Biggest like, ships. Uh, like yeah, one of the most famous ships in in the solar system. And he did it without them even knowing they were being attacked until it was too late. 
So mm-hmm. he also spiky helmeted a bunch of golds. That poor gold in the, in the he got robe. Up. <laughs> the he, robe and the grab boots. He did not last very long. No, he, he, he is no Darrow. <laughs> he was having a tough day. Good job, Volsung. I hope you uh, have some fun with that. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling we're going to see him again. Okay, that brings us to our next segment, Howler Voicemails. Yes, I've got a voicemail here ready to go. If you would like to call in and leave a voicemail of your own, remember, you can say whatever you want. We'll play it. Explain a theory. Ask a question. I will say shorter is better than longer. It's easier to get it on the podcast. But yeah, you can call in at 1-800-516-1540. And hey, Fa. If you want to call in about that win, (laughs) we'd love to hear from you. (laughs) Our first voicemail is from our friend Rohit. Hey guys, this is Rohit from India. I have been following this podcast for quite some time and thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, The other day I heard the drunk voicemail. It was uh, quite funny and amazing. There was a talk of Darrow's theme song, and I would like to suggest my own. There's a song called For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica. Uh, It is sad, it is gloomy and brooding. It tells about the destruction of war and turmoil on soldiers, and it suits Darrow quite well, in my opinion. By the way, Aaron, I followed up on your recommendations uh, of Fleabag and Bobbyverse, and I gotta say, your recommendations are fucking amazing. The Bobbyverse especially, that series, I ended book two, and I can't stop. It's addictive, it's amazing. The world building, the central character, everything is fascinating. And thank you for those recommendations. Ben, your recommendations are always something that I've already read or it is on my list or watched. Uh, It's safe to say our likes and tastes match and I'm in good company. Thank you for this podcast, Ben and Aaron. This is the best podcast in the world, even though I have heard listen to only one podcast that is yours i still watch the best thank you for building this community and keep up the good work bye love from india damn thank you bro hit that was awesome that was so nice and <laughs> he clearly likes me more than you <laughs> what we're we're <laughs> vibing all the way across the globe him and i yeah, but he's like, Ben, come up with some new <laughs> shit. I already know all, all these recommendations. <laughs> and I agree that Bobaverse is fucking dope. If you don't remember to read that, then you're missing out. The Bobaverse, the audiobook's really good, too. Okay, I'm going to download the audiobook. How have you not... Are we even friends? <laughs> Rohit and I are better friends because he's actually listening to me. Anyways... Thank you so much. Uh, you are our first friend from Indiach Colin. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yes, that was amazing. What do you think about Metallica for him, the bell tolls? I think you should play a little bit of it. Okay, I'll play it right now. 
Ride the lightning. <laughs> I think it works pretty well. I think this is the best Darrow song we've heard yet. That's pretty good. When I think of Darrow, I, th- I do think of metal. Yeah. I don't think of Bruce Springsteen. And just some of the themes and of the lyrics that Rohit was talking about there. And definitely Daryl does ride the lightning. I feel like he would probably listen to this in his headset, uh, in his star shell. Well, you have to. While, like, murdering a hundred people at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I think this is my favorite That's a good one. suggestion so far. Metal. All right, uh, let's go on to our next voicemail. This one is from Allie in California. Hello, Howlers. I am so excited to be leaving this voicemail. Thank you so much for creating the podcast. It really helped after my dark age depression. And so I was wondering, how did you two come up with the idea of making the podcast? And what was that process like? Keep up the good work, Ben. Keep those nerd facts coming. I love it. Thank you guys so much. Howler out. Ow. Ow. (laughs) Thanks, Allie. Thank you, Allie. And yeah, Ben is hashtag nerd fact master over here, especially today. I can't can't stop myself from giving out nerd facts. You guys you guys should go to trivia with ben he just murders everyone (laughs) and i just sit there and drink beer because i don't remember shit they're just all really lucky they don't have to deal with me in real life you know (laughs) (laughs) amen (laughs) so idea for the podcast was all ben i'm just over here enjoying my life basically what happened was i was listening to the binge mode podcast about harry potter and if you're not familiar with that podcast ours is um formatted pretty similarly and so it just i was listening to that and i was like holy shit i want to hear someone talk like this about red rising because that's what i need in my life like i really want to go this deep on red rising and i knew that nobody was going to do it so i just texted aaron and i was like hey you want to do a podcast about red rising and she was like fuck yes and and I'm really organized, so I made an outline. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Aaron helps organize all my um, random thoughts and helps everything get together. She's also a driving force behind all the memes and the social media accounts and all that stuff. So perfect. we make a great team. Yep. So basically, I don't know. We started doing some practice episodes. We did like three or four, and then we recorded the whole first season. And that's kind of how it all came together. Uh, but it was just like a fun project, and then it's kind of morphed into what it is now, just because like snowball effect. Everybody liked it, so <laughs> that, that helped. Well, what otherwise helps is we would have cried and stopped. No, I mean we we <laughs> were like, if five people listen, that'd be cool. <laughs> but uh, I think what really helps is the fact that Pierce Brown wrote some really fucking amazing books, and that's true. All we do is talk about those, and everyone loves those. So thanks. Pierce. We knew this; these books were ripe for this kind of talk because there's such great world building. There's so many different things to talk about. You can do theories. You can talk. You can dive just deep into the actual text themselves. Um, and then there's just great untapped potential in the fandom. I know there's so many people out there. Like we, I could tell just being online and being on like the Reddit page and stuff like that. There's so many people that are really interested in this world and like just needed something to kind of bring them all together. And so, podcast was just perfect for that i thought so uh, we couldn't do it if like people didn't listen and weren't super into it and 
tagging us and all kinds of shit. So it's really about everybody that listens, not not We're us. We're all in this yeah. together. Okay, well, that's <laughs> High School Musical. <laughs> <laughs> I started singing it and I was like, what is that? Oh, shit, it's not cool, is it? <laughs> okay, thanks, Allie from California. Thanks for listening and calling in. Let's go ahead and dip into the Howler mailbag now. Uh, we have a question from Nolan B. Henderson. He slid into our DMs and said, I have a question for the pod. What is one thing you want in book six besides the obvious like saving Severo or the Republic winning? Mine would be Diomedes calling a blood feud with Ajax and whooping his ass. That's a pretty good one. Nice. <laughs> can, can I steal that one? <laughs> yeah. Do you have an answer? What is one thing I want in book six? This is what I want, and I don't care if you disagree. I want Darrow, Mustang, and Pax to go on a nice little vacation <laughs> where they can hang out and sit on the beach and nothing bad happens. I think that would make for a really exciting book for me. Uh, what I want for book six is Darrow and Cassius to go on a bros heist save. I thought you were going to say vacation on the beach <laughs> together. <laughs> no, yes. A bros vacation. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it's like uh, you just stole mine and put Cassius. <laughs> no, I want Darrow and Cassius to do like a heist slash prison breakout slash save Severo from the clutches of Abominadrius on Luna. And that way we get a swerve on the whole thing where everybody thinks that Severo's going to get uh, brainwashed and turned into a bone rider, which would be just fucking awful. Um, I think it's going to happen. I know it's probably going to happen, but instead we could have a cool Darrow Cassius fighting back to back through like the prisons and then like saving, breaking Severo and Cloud and Pebble out. And then like Cassius... Like makes fun of them and several's like, Who you fucking suck, Cassius. <laughs> but thank this you. It sounds like Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. So You want a be. Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> so um if what do you guys want in book six? Send us some emails or call in on the voicemail and yeah. we'll read your answers on the podcast. Also, I want Volga to get her zoo. Mm, or her gorilla, at least. At least a gorilla. Also, she kind of confirms that Orion got her parrot. She's like, I want a gorilla. Not I a don't parrot, want a parrot. Like Orion. Yeah. yeah. So Orion did get that parrot before she committed Melt- genocide. Melty brain. <laughs> On an entire planet. Okay. You know what it's time for? What are we into this week? I'm into a documentary series on HBO titled McMillions. It's about the McDonald's uh, game. I was obsessed with that game when I was The Monopoly game at McDonald's. And there's a conspiracy. And No wonder I never won the million dollars. Well, first of all, as a child, I played the McDonald's Monopoly over and over. And all I wanted was French fries. And I won French fries quite a few times. So I feel quite satisfied with the Monopoly game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, however, uh, it's about the million dollar prize and there being a scandal. Basically, none of the largest prizes were won 
Um, like legitimately. Legitimately, yeah. I actually read like a really long form article. I'm not, I'm not sure what it was on, like on the New Yorker or something about that whole thing that that documentary is based on, but it's a really interesting story. And the documentary is put together really well. And this FBI agent <laughs> yeah. on the doc is a fucking hoot. Yeah. Like, I wish he could be on our podcast. He's good time. He's good time FBI agent. <laughs> ben, what are you into? I'm into another movie. It's called Ford v ferrari oh is that about cars it is it's kind of a dad movie i'm bringing my dad vibes back from last week okay <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> dude i got <laughs> tore up <laughs> on the internet hell yeah ben was sending me screenshots all week of people <laughs> agreeing with him and i was like okay i get it <laughs> f from his dad i still don't agree but <laughs> you're, well, you're entitled to share the common opinion i happen to have my own and you're entitled to be wrong <laughs> <laughs> okay so dad anyway, movie ford versus ferrari it's like about the creation of the ford gt40 and the first time that like an american manufactured vehicle ever won the hour 24 hours of le mans which is a race in france okay where they like run for 24 hours straight. Like Ferrari would dominate it the whole time. And then like Ford got involved and it's about Matt Damon plays. He plays Carol Shelby. He's like the guy that helped design it. He was a former driver in the Le Mans. He had one. He's one of the only Americans to like drive it and win it. You have to drive for 24 hours. Um, you don't do it. You do it like in a team. So it's a team of two people. But okay. Carol Shelby wasn't the driver. He had previously driven, but he had like a heart condition, so he couldn't drive anymore. So he helped design the car. And then Christian Bale plays the driver, who's like a British guy. And it's a really good sports movie. And it's not like going to blow your mind or anything, but it's like <laughs> just a, it's a really good movie. They just don't make movies like this very often like anymore. A classic just movie. Just like a very well done movie. It's like a lot of like good pacing with the action. There's obviously the racing cars. So. Uh, there's a lot of good editing and like sweeping camera shots and that kind of thing. And the acting and performances are all really good. Uh, so it's definitely worth your time to check out. Uh, so check out Ford v. Ferrari. Cool. Mm -hmm. What's uh, coming up on HowlerPod? Uh, next up, we will be reading chapters 53 to 59. I think we're getting a little clone buddy. <laughs> a little clone buddy, huh? <laughs> 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 that's who we're getting in these next chapters but good news mustang is not dead that's yeah that's at least that's what we can i remember after this week's chapters the first time i read it mm -hmm. i flipped forward and i was like ah finally <laughs> yeah. more virginia mm -hmm. so don't forget to follow us on the social medias at howlerpod h-o-w-l-e-r-p-o-d that's on instagram twitter facebook and etsy Get your merch. Get your hat. The merch is hot right now. Hot merch. Uh, email us for Howler Mailbag. Tell us what you want to see in book six at howlerpod at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail at 1-800-516-1540. Volsung Fa himself has called in. Uh, and then you can find links and all this at howlerpod.com. Don't forget to tell a friend about the books. Pass one along, buy one paperback on Amazon for like five bucks and leave it on a park bench. Mm, wow. That's a if, great idea. If it's, you know, park bench season <laughs> 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 where you are. Yeah. 
Maybe our friends in the southern hemisphere can do that. Somewhere warmer than here. Yeah. Don't forget to rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, I will impale you with my spiky helmet and then I'll wear your corpse like a porcupine. Dang. The reviews are popping, by the way. We got like, I think, two more this week. So thank you for writing those reviews, guys. We appreciate that from the bottom of our hearts, really. And the top. And the top, too. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Alice. Omnis, fear lupus. Ow. Ow.